Masechet Nazir Daf Kaf Dalid. The subject today is what to do with animals that were consecrated for Nazirut sacrifices, but then no longer deemed necessary, either because of annulment or we'll see other cases because the person died or already used, uh, had other sacrifices that he used. So here we go, Mishnah. So a woman takes a vow, she's going to be a Nezira. And she already designated animals for her purification rituals, meaning at the, at the end of the, for conclusion rituals, uh, three animals uh, to use. But uh, in the meantime, she hadn't finished yet her Nezirut period. And her husband heard about it and annulled her Nezirut. So now she doesn't need these animals anymore. So what's going to happen to them? Uh, so it depends. If these animals belong to him, to the husband, it's his property. In that case, then you could just return them to the flock and they'll go and graze and be regular chulin. Um, eventually, just automatically, they're going to bump into something or get scratched and become, un, uh, become blemished. Uh, but there's regular kosher animals and you can eat them. They are not consecrated. The reason for this is that uh, because she doesn't own them, you know, I can't go to, uh, to my, my friend's house and just consecrate his animal. I, it doesn't belong to me. And here, the animal does not belong to her. It belongs to the husband. And there, therefore, it's not consecrated. However, If she does belong to her, she has, if she has her own property. Gamadal will explain how she can have her own property, because usually things she acquires goes to her husband, unless the husband <coughs> specifically gifts it to her. So if it's hers, now, since it's hers, when she consecrates it, that consecrates it, it is a consecration. And so therefore, uh, you can't just let them go to Chuli. Now these are consecrated animals that cannot be used. Well, let's see how we can use them. Hatat is the most difficult of them, and it has to just die. The reason is because uh, korban hatat you cannot bring in a voluntary way. Uh, you can't just say, I, I feel like bringing a korban hatat, I want to volunteer one. No. If you're obligated to bring one, then you bring it. If you're not obligated, you cannot bring it. Um, <clears throat> because uh, then you're, you're bringing an animal that is not, not required um, uh, to the Beit HaMikdash. So you cannot, uh, you cannot uh, sacrifice it, you cannot let it become just Cholin, and therefore it has to just be left by itself until it dies of its own from deprivation. Uh, sad, but true. And now, the Ola, that can be a voluntary offering and will be treated as a regular Koban Ola, so even though um, this is the one of the animals that a Nazir has to bring, since she is not a Nazir anymore, that's okay. She'll bring the Ola as a voluntary Ola without any changes. Shelamim, however, is going to be a little different. Uh, the, the regular Shelamim, which can, one can bring as a voluntary offering. Anytime you want to bring a Shelamim, you can. Um, and the Nazir also brings a Shelamim. However, the rules for the Shelamim are a little bit different. A Shelamim for a Nazir and a voluntary one. One of the differences is how long do you have to eat it? A regular Shelamim, you have two days and a night. In other words, if I bring a Shelamim on Sunday... I can eat the meat, right? The owners can eat the meat, most of it, can eat it all day and that night and all day on Monday until sunset. 
that's the usual one. However, a shelamim for a nazir can only be in for one day. That's it. Um, and so this this uh, nazir, the this shelamim has the rules of a shelamim for a nazir in terms of the time period. However, unlike the regular, uh, the un- unlike a shalamim for a nazir, uh, when a nazir brings a shalamim, usually he has to bring bread with it, 20, 20 loaves. Um, uh, and uh, so, however, uh, a voluntary shalamim does not bring loaves. So in this sense, he is more, this, it's more like a regular shalamim. So that's the idea. This shalamim, although since it was designated to be a nazir for a nazir, so it has the restrictions of the, in terms of time period, but since she is in fact not a nazira and uh, just bring it as a voluntary offering, therefore uh, we do not require her to bring the bread. Good. Now the next case is, what about if she designated not an animal itself, but just money? If she had a bunch of money, she didn't uh, earmark which coins would be for this animal or for that more animal. She just took, you know, let's say each animal is $300. She just took $900. She set it aside and said, I'm going to use this $900 to pay for my uh, for all of my offerings. Well, since she doesn't designate which funds are going for which animal, so she can use all of them for voluntary offerings. Um, and to, to, none of them are called, were for chatat, so that's fine. However, if the, she did designate the that this specific money, this three hundred dollars is going to be for korban chatat. So, just like with the animal, you can't you have to let it die. So too, the coins. What are you going to do? You can't buy a, you can't buy a korban chatat and bring it. So, what are you going to buy an animal and let it die? No, you take the money and you throw it into the Dead Sea. Uh, it will fall to the bottom. No one will ever use it, right? It cannot be used for anything. Um, I wonder if we uh, go scuba dive down the Dead Sea, maybe we'll find a whole pot of coins down there. Uh, they'll probably be all rotted away from the salt anyway. Okay, so um, you cannot benefit from, from the coins. Although, if someone would benefit from, from them, they would not uh, violate Me'ilah. Uh, Me'ilah is when you take a consecrated animal and you use it for your own purpose. In this case, since you cannot use them to buy an animal, so there's no animal here, so if you did use this money for yourself, it's not allowed, but it would not violate Me'ila. Now, the money that was designated for Korban Ola, well, you can bring a voluntary Ola, so go buy an Ola, and that's a full, regular animal, so therefore, uh, one would be liable to me'ila if one used those coins or that animal for themselves. The money that was designated for a shalamim, also you can bring a voluntary shalamim, so go buy a shalamim, and it will have the same law as the as above if one actually designated a, 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 an animal for shalamim, and then she ended up not being a nazira. So you bring it as a shalamim. It is like a korban nazir in the time span, only one day, but it is not like it in that you don't have to bring the 20 loaves as a meal offering alongside it. All right, that's the Mishnah. Now, we want to know the author. We're going to have a couple of different opinions. 
Who is the author that says that a husband is not responsible for providing animals for his wife? Um, in this uh, Mishnah, it seems like uh, it seems that there is there is not a responsibility because it says if the wife designates her husband's animals, turns out she was not a nizira, then it goes back to her husband, right? Because it's it's not consecrated because it's her husband's. Um, that means that the husband is not obligated. It's, it, it's, his, it's his animal. So she's basically uh, designating, uh, designating animals that aren't hers. Now, in a regular case, let's say she did have to bring a certain korban. So generally, the husband is, gonna be, is, gonna, is going to provide it. Um, but that providing for her is only assuming that she's actually going to bring it. So if it turns out that she didn't have to bring it, then it's his. So we want to know who is this, who is the opinion that would say that a, a husband is not automatically obligated to give this uh, animal to her wife for her sacrificial needs. It's got to be Rabbanan. We're going to see the machloka between Rabbanan and Rabbiuda. We're going to see the source of the uh, source in a second, uh, where the Biuda says that a husband is responsible. Part of the Ketubah, he has to give his wife anything, any needs that she has for her sacrificial animals. In that case, since the husband, once she designates something, she needs it. So now the husband is giving it to her. So now it's basically hers. And when she designates it, it the, the consecration Take, takes place. And so then then you, you can't just let it go back into the flock, as the Mishnah said, right? Because um, he's indebted to her, and so now they're hers. So let's see the Machloket. This is talking about if uh, a husband is rich, and the wife, she comes from a poor family, and now she has to bring a korban ole viored, um, like, uh, like someone who, a woman who gives birth. Ole uh, viored means if you're rich, you bring an animal. If you're poor, you bring a bird or a meal offering, depending on your status. So although she, and on her own uh, tax return, shows uh, no income, but because she's married to a rich man, so the law is it goes by his tax bracket, not hers, right? This is like, you know, my son who worked in the summer, he has to pay, he's 19, he still has to pay my tax bracket, not his tax bracket, because he's a dependent. Okay, so Rabbi uh, Yudah uh, says that um, a married woman brings a korban, has to bring korban based on her husband's status. That shows that the husband is responsible for paying for her sacrifices. And Rabbi Yudah continues and says, kol and in fact, or any sacrifice that she has to bring, the husband has to provide for it. As it says in the language of the Ketubah, um, that I accept upon myself the responsibility of all, uh, of all the things that you have uh, from beforehand. And that includes uh, anything, any responsibilities for offerings. Okay, so that's that's the biuda. So according to the biuda, he since the husband is responsible to give her any animals that she uses and consecrates, it would already be hers and therefore remain consecrated even when it gets undone. So therefore, this Mishnah can't be the biuda. It must be Rabbanan, because Rabbanan are the ones that say the husband doesn't have to give it to her. And so, if she goes and consecrates something, and in the end she does have to bring it. 
fine, the husband will be, uh, will be fine with that. Um, but if it turns out that she didn't have to bring it, then it never went to her. It was never hers. He never agreed to that. And so it would just go back to his property unconsecrated. All right, that's the opinion of Rav Chista. However, Rav says, no, it can be the Biuda. When it says that the husband is responsible to give his wife animals, that's only in something that she actually needs, that she's obligated to bring. If she's not obligated, then he says no. And so now, although at first she thought she was obligated and consecrated the animal, since after the husband himself uh, annulled, the, annulled her nezirut, turns out she was not consecrated, she was not obligated. So this thing that she, he gave her was only unconditioned that she needs it. She doesn't need it. Goes back to him and turns out retroactively he never gave it to her. So in fact, for uh, this Amrishnah can be Rebbe Yehuda as well. Okay, that's all one version of these two answers. Now we're going to see another version. According to this version, we ask the same question, who's the author of Mishnah? But here, Rav Chista says the opposite, um, that in fact this Mishnah is Rebbe Yehuda. His reasoning is going to be the equivalent of Rava here. Um, this Mishnah has to be Rebiuda, because Rebiuda says a husband is responsible to provide animals, animals for his wife, but that's only something that she needs. So if she needs it, yes, uh, then it's consecrated, but it's not something that she needs. In this case, turns out she was never in the Zira, so she didn't need it. So the husband never gave it to her, so it was not hers to consecrate. It goes back to him. So the Mishnah fits perfectly with Rebiuda. It does not work for Rabbanan because Rabbanan say there is no responsibility, there is no lien or, or, or mortgage or any anything that the husband would have to give his wife. And therefore, even for Rabbanan, you couldn't explain the regular case of if she re- remained in Nezira and uh, she consecrated an animal that still would not be consecrated because the husband has no obligation to give her an animal, right? If she asks and says, oh, I have to give this, so they'll figure out a way. Maybe the husband will decide if he wants to, to give it to her. But um, he doesn't have to. And therefore, even uh, this Mishnah cannot be Rabbanan because this Mishnah assumes that if it's not annulled, then it is consecrated automatically. And therefore, the Rebbe Rav Chista says, this, this Mishnah is only the Biudah, not Rabbanan. Um, so now we ask about this. So in what circumstance would he um, uh, be, be responsible for providing her an animal? Well, be for example, that he actually transfer, transfers the animal to her possession. And he decides, okay, fine, I, I'm willing to give this to you. Now, once he gives it to her, then it is, it is fully hers. So in that case, well, the Mishnah already addressed that. Because Mishnah says, if it's hers, it remains consecrated. And so there would be no case where it's his, but it remains consecrated should she go through the, through the Nezirut. And that's why it can't be, this, this Mishnah cannot be Rabbanan. It has to be Rabbi Yudah. Okay. Now, Rava Amar, Afilu Tema Rabbanan, Ki Makne La Name Bimilata De Srikhala, Bimilata De La Srikhala, La Makne La. And Rava says, I can even be Rabbanan. Because, according to the rabbis, when a husband transfers 
he's willingly transferring uh, this animal to her. He's only transferring it if she needs it. But if she doesn't need it, then he's not transferring it. In other words, the only difference between the Biyudan Rabbanan is whether he's obligated automatically to give it to her or he, he decides, you know, oh, you need this expense? Okay, fine, I'll give it to you. And so, therefore, even according to Rabbanan, a husband may very well say, oh, you need an animal for, uh, to, for your Nazir sacrifices? Okay, here you go. Here's three animals. But even when he's giving it, it's a gift on condition that she actually needs it. And so if it turns out that he annuls it and she doesn't need it, then the gift never happened. And, there, and therefore, it goes back to him and they are not consecrated. If, it goes, if she does go ahead as a, as a Nizira, then the gift continues. And that's why they are consecrated. So you know what? We can explain this Mishnah, both, uh, 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 both according to the Buddha and according to Rabbanan, um, according, um, in the opinion of Rava in the second version. Okay, good. Now, quick question. How can a woman own anything? A wife own anything? If it was her own animals, um, then if it's a chatat, has to die. If it's a you can bring it as an olah. Where would she get the uh, money from? Right? If she earns money or finds something, it goes to her husband. Whatever the wife acquires uh, goes directly to the property of the husband. Says one option is she has she saved from her dough. She has a regular allowance of food to eat. She ate a little bit less every day, saved some of that, same saved some of her allowance, and then she was able to that's that uh, she keeps because right she gets that allowance. Uh, she can do whatever once she wants with it. Or a third party can gift it to her on condition that your husband has no right to it. If uh, that kind of gift she can accept and can keep and it doesn't go to her husband. So those are two ways that a wife can have her own property. Next, Haolati Krav. Okay, so now we learned that if it is in fact her sacrifice and it's an ola, you make it a regular ola. If it's a shelamim, then it has an in-between status. It's only in for one day, like that of a nazir, but you don't have to bring the 20 loaves um, uh, like you would for a nazir. In that sense, it's like a regular voluntary offering. Okay. So, Shemuel, um, asked the father of Ihi, don't sit on your hands, don't sit on your feet rather, until you teach me this matter. Uh, sit on your feet, meaning they usually uh, sat on the floor, they sat cross-legged or whatever, or knelt down, and says, I want you to stay standing, I don't want you to relax, because I need to know the answer to this, this matter, right? I want you to explain this Mishnah, what is going on, right? What cases uh, would this happen in? Um, and so this sounds like the following is the answer. It's a, the, it's a braita that the uh, father of Ihi is going to say, oh, I'll explain it to you, I'll explain to you the whole thing, that there are four cases that have the same law. There are four cases of rams that you bring the ram as a shelamim, but you do not bring the 20 loaves of bread as you usually would for a nazir. And so what are the four cases? His and hers, and one that's after death, and one that's after atonement, meaning the person already had atonement. So let's explain each case. Shela hadamaran, the one of hers, we already explained that, that was our Mishnah, 
um, because she was a Nezira, her husband annulled it. Now she's not a Nezira anymore, but these are her animals that she consecrated. They remain consecrated. So the Shalamim is offered as a Shalamim, but not fully like a Nazir, no, no loaves. Shelo, here's a case of a man where you could have the same case. There's no annulment for a man, but here is a similar case. Let's explain the case first here. Um, a father uh, made a vow that his son will be a Nazir. A father has a right to do that. He can say, my son, he's a Nazir. Um, whereas a, a mother cannot make uh, uh, pronounce that her son is an is a is a nazir. However, even though a father has a right to initiate it, if the son objects or uh, any of his relatives object, how do you object? Either by act physically shaving, right? By shaving shows I don't want to be a nazir, or a relative shaved him. Or he said something, Michai says, no, I object, I don't want to be a Nazir. Or one of his relatives says, no, I, he, he's not going to be a Nazir. When they hear immediately, they say that, then the Nazirut is canceled. So this is equivalent case to a husband and wife, a father and son. Also, um, there are cases where the son himself or relatives can object to it. So he is a Nazir for some time. And then if he objects, he's not a Nazir anymore. So in such a case, if he, the father said, you're a Nazir. In the meantime, he set aside money. This will be consecrated money for my animals. And in the end, uh, after a while, he objected or someone objected. And um, so those funds, if they were not designated, so you use all the funds for voluntary offerings. Uh, so, and the rest of it is all the same as in our Mishnah. If they, you designated the money for each thing, for that of the Chatat, you throw into the Dead Sea. The money that was designated for Allah, buy an Allah, it's a regular Allah. You even have me'ilah if you take that money for yourself. And the money for shalamim, you bring a shalamim and only eat it for one day, like nazir, and it doesn't need bread, um, unlike nazir. Uh, nazir needs bread, this one does not need bread. Okay, so that's the second case. Third case, shalachar mitam minelahan. So what's your, what's your source for the one that is after death, the tanya? Someone designated money for his nizirut, um, and it didn't specify what offering it is, so you cannot benefit from that money, although there's no me'ilah with that money, um, because you can bring shelamim for any of them. Uh, there's no law for shelamim animal while it's alive, only after it sprinkles blood. So since there's no problem, um, and uh, this is just the money, so since there's no me'ila um, uh, for a live animal of a shalamim, so, so also there's no me'ila for the money that you can use to buy a shalamim. Now, met, the person that was a nazir, before he got a chance to complete his nazirut and bring his sacrifices, he died. And now you have the money that he already designated. If it was unspecified money, so use it for regular communal offerings as gifts. Use it for voluntary offerings. Um, that, yeah, it'll be for the community. He died. So 
um, you bring as as just uh, filler F- fillers like you do when the sat when the korban when the mizbeach is empty. So you bring extra korbanot for dessert. Ma'ot uh, meforashin. If they did designate it. Then the chatat yolich liyamamelach lo nenin velo maalin chatat the money for chatat you have to throw into the Dead Sea you can't benefit from him from it if you do benefit there's no meila um, uh, as we said before the me ola the money for ola bring a regular ola that's fine umaalin bahen there is meila for the uh, for the korban ola because you're going to take this you're going to buy a regular ola has all the laws of an ola and here you go here's the main part that we're looking for that if the money for shalamim you buy another you buy a shalamim offering and it's like a nazir in that the time period is small but it's unlike a nazir because you don't have to bring the bread all right, that's the third case. And the fourth and final case, If a man who was a Nazir, he designated an animal, so this will be for Shalamim. But it turns out he, he already brought a different animal. Um, or, or after that, he brought a different animal for his Shalamim, for his Nezidut. So he already fulfilled his obligation to bring his animals for atonement. Atonement, a general term, meaning all the things that he had to do uh, in order to uh, complete his Nezidut. So he already finished that, and now he has this animal that is extra. So what are you going to do with it? Um, it has the same law as the one above. How do you know? There's no source, but it's reasonable. We just talked about someone after death. He designated an animal for Shalamim as a Nazir, but then he died. What are you going to do with it? Oh, so as we said, you bring it as a Shalamim with this in-between status. Now, what's the reason in that case? Because it cannot be used for atonement anymore. Um, uh, so because the person died. You can't atone for or complete the Nazir service for someone who died. He's not, he's not here. Um, and so you use it instead for this type of Shalamim. So same thing if he's alive. But he already fulfilled his obligation, his kapara, and now we don't need the shalamim for the nizirut anymore. It's, it's not, it's not going to atone for anything. So it has the same status because it too is not atoning for anything. Therefore, it makes sense that you would bring it as a shalamim and it would have the same status that it would be only for one day, like a nazir, but no bread. Um, which a Nazir would have to bring. Okay, good. So there you go. We answered the question. Shemuel asked, right, what's going on here? What are these cases? What are the, these cases where you have this in between Shalamim? And we have the answer, all the answers and all the explanations for each of them. But now we ask, Vetuleka, hold on, that but I tested is only four. Only four, not more. Look at here's another case where we have such a thing. Vaika Ushar Kol Shalme Nazir. So if you have other shelamim of a nazir, if a person did shechita, but he did, there was something wrong. For example, the ram was not the right age that a nazir has to bring. Now, this is a kosher animal, a kosher sacrifice, and you can go ahead and sprinkle the blood and on the Mizbech and everything. It's a, it's a good shelamim. It's just that it can't be used for the nazir. So, they are kosher. However, the, the, the one who brought it does not fulfill his obligation. So now, what are you going to do with it? It's a shelamim, 
but it has the same in-between status. It's seen only for one day, like a Nazir would, but it's not like a Nazir in that you don't have to bring the bread and also the foreleg. That's also something that only the Shalamim of a Nazir has to uh, give to the Kohen and not regular Shalamim. So in these aspects, this is a new thing that we're mentioning now, in these aspects, this is like a regular Shalamim and not like the Shalamim of a Nazir. So how come you didn't bring this one also in your list and should be five? And the answer is, in that Baraita, we're only bringing animals, uh, rams, that were sacrificed in the proper procedure as, as a regular Nazir Shalamim would be brought. Those are the four cases. We're not talking about cases where you messed up and you did it some wrong way and then you ended up with a situation um, that it would also be the same. But you're right. This is, would be a fifth example, uh, just that the Ibrahita wanted to pick, um, want to pick uh, examples where everything was done correctly um, in, in accordance with the proper procedure, um, but uh, because the person who brought it no longer requires it, that's why it ended up this way. And so this ends up has the same result, but for a different reason, and that's why it's not included in the Braita. Amen ve'amen.